Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All three MLS teams in the Pacific Northwest have qualified for the playoffs. Matt Pence is here to explain how each of the three represents a different archetype that you're likely to see throughout the postseason's opening round. I'm Alex Abnos, and this is Soccer Every Day for Thursday, November 18th. Matt Pence, welcome to the show. Uh, I wanted to talk to you today on close to the eve of the MLS playoffs, about three Western Conference teams that are all in the playoffs, that are all in your part of the world. You live in Seattle and you have you cover the Cascadia teams closely. All three made the playoffs at the expense of all three California teams and all three Texas teams. Uh, pretty amazing. But I think it's interesting also because these three teams rec- represent three different kind of archetypes you see often in the MLS playoffs. And I think we should maybe start maybe with the bottom seed among the three, the Vancouver Whitecaps. We've talked about them before when they were in the middle of their run of good form. They're still in the middle of that run. They are definitely like a surprise team in good form, possible dark horse. Tell us, uh, I know that you talked again to their interim head coach, maybe soon to be permanent head coach, Vandy Sartini recently. What did he tell you and what have you seen out of the Whitecaps the last few weeks? Yeah, I mean, he was still kind of riding high. I got him last week um, and he had at least come off like so after they beat the Sounders on or that drew the Sounders on the final day to get into the playoffs. And in his press conference, he was pretty bombastic. Um, and he kind of noted how he had said that he was glad they weren't playing the next day because like the whole team was going to drink so much that he's glad they had some time off. Uh, so I think you might have already <laughs> had some celebratory champagne because uh, the PR guy brings up Sporting Kansas City. He's like, yeah, just so you guys know, they're playing Sporting Kansas City in the first round. And Vandy cuts in and just goes, well, playing them, we will beat Sporting Kansas City. Uh, he kind of well. like... Once the bubbles kind of wore off a little bit, he said this week that he still thinks that that they have a really good shot. Um, But he did say that and he also noted that if they were playing at home, they would almost certainly beat them. But because they have to go on the road, maybe it's more of a 50-50 game, which I mean, that kind of gives you a window into how they're feeling. They're just confident. They've been playing super well. If you look over the last 20 games, I think they might have the best record in the league other than uh, New England. Um, So they've been really good for a long while now they're they play like a very aggressive hard charging they just kind of go at teams um i just think that i don't know if they're built for the playoffs per se because a lot of it seems like a lot of times the mls playoffs you want to be a little bit sturdier um and kind of hard to break down and whatever and they're not that i mean they're a team that they're going to go for it which is super fun um whether that burns off eventually we will see but I think they definitely have what it takes to put a real scare into Kansas city and they've been good enough to, to, yeah. I mean, I I think 50, 50 feels about right for me. 
when it comes to that first round game. And if they get through that, there are a couple games out. I mean, he kind of went round by round. He's like coin flip every way. We can make it to MLS Cup. And I'm like, well, we'll see. Uh, I just think that they're a very fun team. And I think the best story of all the Cascadia teams that are making it in here. Yeah, when you when you talk about how good of a form they're in, they're facing a Sporting Kansas City side there that lost all of their last three games of the season uh, going into the playoffs. How do you th- how do you see this? You, you mentioned that Vancouver likes to really run at teams. I think of Sporting as another team that also really likes to do that. Could we be in for just a super intense kind of back and forth game uh, in in this particular matchup? Yeah, I think it's for sure the game of the round in the Western Conference. I think it's going to be exciting. It could be one of those just wild 4-3, just absolute chaos games. Um, So I think if you're circling one to tune in for this weekend, that's the one because I expect Vancouver to come out with no fear. Kansas City playing at home, they kind of like to get after teams too. So could be a track meet wide open. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, that game is at 5 p.m. Eastern time on 2DNA. Uh, the Whitecaps, I know we keep on talking about their good form. They have not lost since October 9th when they lost to the Seattle Sounders. And I know that we were going to go in order of seed here, but that just is too good of a transition uh, to pass up. Let's move on to the Sounders. They are the number two seed in the Western Conference, and they are facing a matchup on Tuesday, the 23rd of November, against Real Salt Lake. Um, I think it's interesting. The Sounders count on their staff, the former head coach, of Real Salt Lake, Freddie Juarez, one of the weirdest trans- transactions I think in sports I've ever seen. Uh, the head coach of Real Salt Lake left his post in the middle of the season to join Seattle staff as an assistant. Now, of course, these two teams meet in the playoffs. What has been the Sounders' story this last you know couple uh, months of the season? As I said, they the Whitecaps haven't lost since October 9th when they lost to the Sounders. The Sounders haven't won since that same game. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, they kind of getting back to the playoff archetype theme that you had talked about. I think the Sounders are sort of the archetypal, like extremely talented, proven winner, like team that has everything going for it. But they don't have a lot of momentum. They have looked very flawed, just kind of a little bit listless over the last month. And you kept waiting for them to get it going because, as you said, they're the number two seed, but they had every opportunity in the world to take the number one seed and the buy that that would have afforded them. Um, and so they really stumbled down the stretch and for them, they're, they're interesting in that they just have so many pieces coming back from injury because Nicholas Ladero has missed parts of this season, like big chunks of the season with a lingering knee injury. He's just now coming back. I mean, traditionally he's their guy. Um, yeah. If you go back over the last couple of years, he's kind of the guy that does everything for them. Jordan Morris coming back from a knee injury. He's just had a couple appearances to kind of get back right. And I mean, he he's another guy who doesn't really need a lot of introduction to American soccer fans. I mean, a big difference maker whenever he's healthy. Um, and it kind of speaks to like how good the rest of this core has been that they have been able to be in this position without those guys. But they've, they're just in this weird place where they had kind of figured out this winning formula and now they're trying to reintegrate these couple pieces and it just hasn't quite worked lately. But I mean, having seen this team hit a different gear and many playoffs past, I mean, I, I would probably venture kind of going, maybe getting ahead of ourselves, but I would say that they're still probably the favorite to win the West. Just with, with you look at the raw firepower that they have, 
They got Salt Lake, who, as you said, a deeply weird team that doesn't make a lot of sense that just kind of found their way in on a last second miracle. I don't expect them to give them too much trouble on Tuesday. Um, And so I I think the Sounders are still the team to beat. I mean, they've made it to four of the last five finals out of the West. They're going to take some knocking out, but they are certainly not rolling in the way that they have in the previous playoffs. Yeah, they're facing, you mentioned Real Salt Lake as, as kind of a deeply weird team. And we're going to get to the third team on the, on the Cascadia list that I think fulfills a different archetype. But you could just as easily say Real Salt Lake is a who knows what the hell we're going to get out of them type of team because I'm looking at their form guide right now and I'm just going to read it because it's hilarious and insane. It, it, it goes win, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, loss, win. What are we supposed to take from that <laughs> going into this game if we know nothing else about the team and how they're playing? It's wild because like I, I've compared, to go back to the Whitecast real quick, I've compared them to the 2016 Sounders that made a midseason coaching change and then caught fire and then went all the way through and won the whole thing and how they were kind of rejuvenated. There are like three teams like that in the playoffs this year between Vancouver, Atlanta over in the Eastern Conference, same way with Gonzalo Pineda with the way they're playing. Salt Lake too, midseason coaching change, bringing in Pablo Mastroeni, who has been a proven winner in this league on a certain level. Um, so they're another team that, yeah, I mean, they, they kind of got that boost. They've kind of figured it out on the fly. They're another team that's maybe playing with house money to a certain extent. And so they're coming in without a lot of expectations and, they can just kind of roll it out and see what they can do. Um, I do think that they have a little bit more of a ceiling than those other teams. Yeah. But are definitely like a true definition of a wild card uh, coming into this playoffs. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another team that uh, is not quite as wild, uh, partially because it feels like they're the same team that they <laughs> that they have been for the last several years, <clears throat> the Portland Timbers, um, they come into the playoffs, they play uh, Minnesota United on Sunday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern, that's on ESPN. Uh, I should also mention that, mention that the Sounders game is at 10.30 p.m. Eastern on FS1. Uh, but back to Portland, uh, what do you make of this team? I know you just came actually back from Portland to talk to people on the team about this latest playoff run and sort of what they're hoping to get out of it. Yeah. I mean, they're in high spirits coming in. Um, They've won their last three games to kind of surge into the playoffs and get a home game. Um, None of the teams they played were particularly good, um, but they have looked pretty decent lately. And it seems like they're kind of coming together at the right time. Um, In a way, I feel like they're kind of, they're very Sounders-like, but with a lesser ce- uh, with a lesser ceiling in that they're a proven winner. They have some real like game breakers and Sebastian Blanco and a couple of their different forwards. 
but they don't quite have that top gear that the Sounders have. Um, they're another team that's a little bit strange in that they've gone back. So the thing about this team is that midseason, it looked like they might fall off a cliff entirely. Like they lost to the Sounders 6-2 at home, kind of this like all-time humiliation to their biggest rival. They then had to go on the road for five straight games and lost, I think, the first two of that road trip. And it was like, well, I mean, they it almost felt like they might be in coaching change territory. Yeah. And then they figured it out. I think they kind of went back to the basics and decided to turn themselves back into this sort of like unspectacular, hard to break down, maybe not the most fun team to watch, but kind of don't beat yourself and let your like best players do their thing, um, which has been a winning formula for them in the past, but they are odd. And that it does seem like they're kind of leaning on being this conservative defensive minded team. Yet they come into the playoffs having given up more goals in the West than anybody but Salt Lake. Um, And so they just don't really seem to have that combination that they have in seasons past, but at the same time, they've had a lot of success with this core. And I I know that a lot of people kind of want to discount the MLS's back tournament because it was so weird and the motivations were so strange and there was no crowd and everything else. But on top of the playoff success they've had, they also won that tournament in a series of one-off playoffs like, they're a team that has proven that they can win in a playoff format, but I don't know. They, they just don't seem to have the juice to me this year, which oddly kind of puts them on par with Minnesota, uh, the defending Western conference runners up who also seems like kind of a shadow of the team they used to be, but here they are. Yeah. Uh, so that game, if the Kansas city Vancouver game to me is like going to be like high flying back and forth, it feels like the Timbers and Minnesota game will just kind of be like a staring contest where neither team wants to screw up, but MLS being MLS, it'll probably end up flipped and that'll be the fun game. And that'll kind of be the way yeah. you can never, you can never quite, quite predict what's going to happen. Um, I do think it's interesting, you know, Portland obviously has their defensive issues, but Sebastian Blanco is absolutely the key here. Uh, I looked this up beforehand. They have a 1.9 points per game record with him in the lineup. They have a 0.9 points per game record without him in the lineup. That's a pretty big swing. Yeah. And it's like in, in kind of contrasting them with the Sounders, if the Timbers do have an edge over their rivals, it's that Lodero is just now kind of coming back and figuring things out. Whereas Blanco has been back for a while. He's finally looked back to his best. It was funny watching training yesterday down in Portland. It's like, I had forgotten how good that dude is at soccer. He's just in terms of like even just the little things during a training session. Like he's trying, he like nailed this karate kick from the top of the box out of nowhere. And he's like doing flicks to different teammates in the run of play. And he is such a fun, really just game changing player. But yeah, I think it's fair to say that like this, the Timbers will go as far as he takes them. Um, and he's a good enough player that, that can be pretty far, especially with that half of the bracket being a little bit odd with, yeah, with Minnesota maybe not being at their best. Colorado really being like a fun, like they're a good team for sure. They're they're fun. They've kind of like proven themselves over the course of the season, but they're not a traditional one seed either. Right. Um, so that side of the bracket it is a little bit open for them if the Timbers can kind of keep it going here. So I, I we talked opening up this, this segment, we were talking about the three, Northwest teams, I definitely wouldn't be surprised if it ends up kind of being an all Cascadia 
Western Conference Final uh, to kind of keep that that kind of remarkable streak of Northwest teams and MLS Cups going. It does kind of seem like the bracket is set up to kind of have it work out that way once again. I'm sure you have no personal interest in that happening, so you can go to and cover all those games. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure that's entirely selfless, Matt Pence. Uh, before we leave, obviously, there's an entire other half of the bracket that we haven't really talked about. Uh, we'll cover that a little bit more in another episode of the show. But re- looking real quick at the Eastern Conference matchups, which of those on this opening weekend strikes your fancy? I think all of them are pretty intriguing for different reasons, honestly. Um, I think like New York City, Atlanta, like New York City being maybe the most underappreciated contender in the league going against an Atlanta team that kind of has that, as we talked about earlier, has that sort of like late season magic under a new coach vibe. Nashville and Orlando, two teams with very different styles. But I think the game that I'll be watching is Philly and New York. That's the one that that I kind of have circled. They, they have an interesting playoff history against each other. I know the Union haven't been at their best this year, but I still really like their story. Um, kind of like the, the team that doesn't have a huge budget that just has kind of figured out this ethos. And at their best, I think that they're just a really entertaining team to watch. I, I think Jim Curtin's a really good coach. Um, their crowd can really get it going for big games. So I think that... That one, the opener of the weekend, um, I think it, it'll set a really entertaining sort of vibe for the rest of the way. So I think, yeah, Saturday for me, uh, those two, that double header between the Union and Red Bulls and then sporting in the Whitecaps. I think that ought to be a, a really cool way to kick off the playoffs and hopefully set kind of a wild vibe for the rest of them here. I'm excited for it. Matt Pence, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. The MLS playoffs start on Saturday, November 20th, with the Philadelphia Union hosting New York Red Bulls. That's at 2.30 p.m. on Tudayane. And then they continue at 5 p.m. that same day with Sporting KC hosting the Vancouver Whitecaps, also on Tudayane. On Sunday, there's another doubleheader starting at 3 p.m. as New York City FC hosts Atlanta United. That's on ABC, Big ABC, on the broadcast network. And then at 5.30 p.m., Portland hosts Minnesota United on ESPN. The last doubleheader of the opening round comes on Tuesday as Nashville SC hosts Orlando City at 8 p.m. on FS1, followed by the Sounders hosting Rail Salt Lake at 10.30 p.m., also on FS1. Elsewhere in soccer today, the UEFA Women's Champions League is in action. Games to watch there are Wolfsburg vs. Juventus at 12.45 Eastern, and then Real Madrid vs. PSG at 3 Eastern. All those games are streaming for free via DAZN on YouTube. This show is produced by Mike Zimmerman with help from John Hayes. You can get ad-free versions of the show by subscribing to The Athletic, and you can get 33% off a year subscription by going to theathletic.com slash soccer every day. Thanks for listening, and happy soccer to you all.